Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral, simpler communications. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast, a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. We are your one-stop shop for seven days a week baseball content. I'm Brandon Karam. Alongside of me is Boston Red Sox beat writer for Belly Up Sports, LJ LaFiora. LJ, only five games today, but we still had a very good day in baseball. Yes, we did. And Brandon, we are very excited about the next edition of our MLB Daily Hall of Fame will be today. We will be deciding on a nominee from the Baltimore Orioles. Brandon, I'm not sure what you think about this, but oh, I know is it the f- Orioles or the Marlins. It's not the Orioles, it's the Marlins. Do we want to do the o- Orioles today? Because I've been doing all my research on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, no, 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 well, the Marlins is fine. Whatever you guys want to do. I was like, is Mar- Orioles, Orioles is a legitimate challenge. I have one for the Orioles that I'm pretty sure that I could stick with. Honestly, I hadn't thought a lot about the the uh, Marlins pick. So uh, we'll we'll stick with the Orioles because one popped into my head almost immediately. Okay, yeah, like five have popped into my head. So, <laughs> all right, so we're doing the Orioles now. Is that correct? Yeah. I know there's at least two of them that we're – two people that we're going to be highlighting on this show from the Orioles. So that should be – Interesting. Yeah, I can think of at least one, two, three, four, five, seven. Yeah, different guys. I'm not opposed to. Okay. Um, 
Well, so with it only being five games today, um, I believe that this is the least amount that we've had since the season. I would think so. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about some news that's come out the last few days. We're going to talk about Shane Green signing a contract and then Jared Kellenick. We have a funny story behind him, but uh, he will be getting called up. So we'll be talking about that later in the show. But LJ, uh, you want to kick us off? You got two games. I got the middle and then you got two games to wrap it up. Absolutely. Let's get into these Reds and the Pirates. Brandon, we got another laser show. From the big red contraption, the Reds rattled off 14 runs off of 15 hits in their 14 to 1 win. Highlights in this game included home runs from both Tyler Naquin and Eugenio Suarez, as well as four RBIs from Naquin and three RBIs from Nick Senzel. Give the win to Tyler Molly. He went five and a third, allowing one earned run and seven strikeouts. The loss will be given to Mitch Keller, who went three and a third, allowing seven earned runs. Next will be Cincy's Jeff Hoffman facing JT Brubaker. Then over in the Red Sox and the Orioles, tied 1-1 in the sixth. Trey Mancini came to the plate and hit a solo shot to center off of Matt Andrees. Andrees gave up two more runs in the bottom of the eighth, and the Orioles beat the Red Sox 4-1. to one. Give the win to Tanner Scott. Jorge Lopez went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing one earned run and five strikeouts. The loss will be given to Matt Andrees. Martin Perez went five innings, allowing one earned run. Andres spoils Perez Day. Mancini spoils Perez Day. The save will be given to Cesar Valdez of Baltimore, his eighth on the year. Brandon, did you see Cesar Valdez's season coming? Because, I mean, I'm not sure if I was just completely, like, missing the mark on this guy prior to the season. However, he just... Um, he got on my radar in a big way in those opening weeks and then hasn't left it. Yeah. I mean, this was a guy, if you recall our second guest we had on the show, Connor Newcomb of, from the locked on Orioles podcast, we talked to him about a couple of pitchers in the, in that bullpen and Cesar Valdez is such an interesting story because he a pitches in the majors in the early 2010s, uh, actually just in 2010, he pitches nine games in 2010, is out of the league for seven years, comes back in 2017 to pitch for both Oakland and Toronto, totaling 11 games, is out of the league for four more years, comes back in 2020 for the Orioles and puts up a 1.26 ERA over 14 innings and then has been a lights out closer for them this year. And he has a really interesting pitch mix. Uh, he really only throws like that change up. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of speed to him. Uh, according to stat uh, to, to a baseball savant, 80% of his pitches is a change up. 10% is a sinker. 7% is a fastball. So just kind of a junk pitcher that you don't really see out of the bullpen too much now, but he has been very impressive. Yeah, Brandon. I mean, of course, that also attributes to the the very highs and lows of his advanced stats and advanced measurables here. Of course, you got him. He's in the 96th percentile in barrel percentage for the league right now. Fantastic. Again, attributes a lot to the fact that that changeup is going to really 
mess with guys' timing, mess with their motion and where they're where they're seeing the ball come from, make it a little harder to get that full, really good contact. But when they do, they're absolutely booting the ball, sixteenth uh, percentile on average exit velocity. But if you're not getting hit, if you've got a .95 whip, then what does it matter? You're you're getting the job done. I mean, I I I mean, I certainly remember him talking about him, but I did not see him stepping up to this extent on a team that really needs people to make themselves into building pieces in the next three years for the next three years. Uh, LJ, did you watch this, this Red Sox game tonight? Um, I caught most of it. Can we talk about that play where Cedric Mullins got a triple out of like a little bloop fly ball and Xander Bogarts was throwing the ball all over the where all over the place with his glove, just kind of booting it around. Um, I'm gonna be honest, I did not see that one. Okay, you need to go on Twitter. I'll I will send you the video because Cedric Mullins hit a ball just like outside of the infield, and Xander Bogarts did everything in his power to make the ball go much further than it needed to. Let me see if I can find a clip here. Um yeah, I'm gonna but, be honest. Yeah, I uh, was finishing moving out of school today, so I was a bit hmm. all over the place. But I did see the. Uh, I saw a. Just type in on Twitter, Cedric Cedric Mullins triple, and uh, uh, the the Baltimore Orioles posted a a video of it. But um, while you're looking at that, I will move on to the next game, which is the Angels and the Astros. The Astros scored three in the first two innings thanks to doubles from Alex Bregman oh. and Michael Brantley and a oh. Miles single. Oh, LJ, did you just see it? Yes. He tried so hard. I know. <laughs> it's, it's so upsetting. He, he thought he had it the whole way, too. He thought he had it, and then he didn't have it, but he's like, oh, I can make this play, and it just wasn't happening. <laughs> this is, again, another situation where the shift royally screws up, and who the hell was in left? Is that Franchi? Yes, it is Franchi. The he king was of playing so I mean, again, He's playing so deep, but Brandon, this is not the first time that he hasn't gotten to balls in the shallow outfield or any part of the outfield that he absolutely should have. If you, I'm not sure if, how much of the games you caught in the past couple of days, but it was a couple of days ago where there was an absolute hot shot that got past Rafi Devers off the baseline. It, it wasn't a play Devers should have made. However, Devers was the first one to the ball after diving for it on the ground, has to run back into the outfield, and Franchi Cordero is just nowhere to be seen. Bogarts got to him before Cordero did, and he was like, it was up the third baseline. Now, is, is Franchi Cordero the guy who just has, like, so much talent with his arm where he can throw rockets but just has zero range whatsoever he has so much power in every respect of the word and uses it all poorly (laughs) i'm just gonna be honest i'm just gonna flat out say i mean this guy has so much pop off the bat um i'm thinking if i'm to be nice i'm gonna say one home run this year but i'm not sure if even been that because it's surprising he hasn't even been able to hit the broadside of the barn. Who the hell is this? 
that I just went into baseball savant. I got to take a screenshot of this white guy that's on Frenchie Cordero's. Oh, damn it, it changed right in time. No. Um, some white Padres players, frankly, of um, yes, zero home runs. He's hitting the ball, yeah, 75th uh, in max exit velocity. Brandon, he's 80, 81st percentile in sprint speed, and yet he just does not move well in the field, he does not execute in the field at all, but has an absolute gun. It, it's frustrating, he's frustrating to watch in every measure of the word. Yeah, I don't know if you caught up on the on what Andrew Benintendi has been doing this year, but he is at exactly a 100 OPS plus, uh, so exactly a league average player. Meanwhile, Franchi Cordero is sitting at a 26 OPS plus. So, but Franchi Cordero also wasn't the entirety of the correct, correct. trade either. There, there were, were two pitching prospects in that. You can you can never complain with five prospects in any yeah. deal. And they got five prospects out of that. So I'm not going to overly sweat that at all. The defense is also seems that's another thing here. I mean, to look at really, I'm, I'm glad to see him be successful. Andrew Benintendi's defense is back on track as well, which is great for, to see for me. All right. Well, I will restart this Angels Astro. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> No, we're, we're good. So uh, the Astros, they scored three in those first two innings. They got uh, RBI hits, uh, specifically doubles from Alex Bregman and Michael Brantley, and then Miles Straw single. Top four, Jared Walsh would double to put LA on the board. They would be trailing three to one after four innings. Miles Straw would come through with another RBI hit in the bottom of the fifth to make it four to one Houston. The Angels offense would come alive top of the sixth. They got home runs from Jared Walsh and Justin Upton. And then a, a Phil Gosselin single and a sack fun to take the lead 5-4. The Angels were able to shut down the Astros in the remaining innings, and they take the W 5-4. The win to Jose Suarez, four innings, five hits, one run. He was the follower for the Angels tonight. The loss goes to Brandon Bielek. Uh, now one and two on the year. He was the first guy out of the bullpen for the Astros. One third of an inning, two hits and two runs. The Astros starter Luis Garcia, five inning or five and a third, five hits, three runs and seven Ks. Rysel Iglesias picks up his sixth save on the year. Today's matchup is Shohei Otani taking on Lance McCullers Jr. All right. The Diamondbacks scored all five of their runs in the first five innings, including a three-run third inning, thanks to Carson Kelly and Ostrubel Cabrera. Jesus Aguilar unloaded a two-run piece late, but the Marlins fall to Arizona 5-2. to two. Give the win to Luke Weaver. He went six and a third of an inning of shutout ball with six strikeouts. The loss will be given to Jordan Holloway. He went three and two-thirds of an inning, allowing three earned runs. The save will be Stefan Christians. Today it will be Pablo Lopez for Miami up against Madison Bumgarner. And then in the Rangers Giants, Brandon Belt homered in the fourth, but that would have to hold San Fran over until the seventh, where tied 1 1, they scored the two runs they needed to win the game off of a Dubon single and an error. The Giants beat the Rangers 3 to 1. Give the win to Alex Wood. He went seven innings, allowing one earned run and seven strikeouts. 
the loss to John King. Kyle Gibson went six innings, allowing one earned run and six strikeouts. Jordan Lyles faces Logan Webb today. All right, let's go on to the PPP, particular players people should care about. Uh, I have three guys. Uh, LJ has one. Uh, my first is Jared Walsh, uh, four for four with a double home run and two singles today for the Angels. LJ, this guy's slash line is ridiculous so far this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's fourth in the American League in OPS uh, behind Byron Buxton, J.D. Martinez, and Mike Trout, but 347 batting average, a 426 on base percentage, slugging up near 600. He's in the 590s. And a 1.020 slugging, or excuse me, on baseball slugging percentage. LJ, this was a guy who we certainly saw a flash out of him in 2020, but still still a young player and uh, been really producing well. It looks like the Angels kind of figured out, like, maybe cutting Albert Pujols wasn't the worst idea like yes when it when you get to the the ethics behind the deal mm-hmm. absolutely not but I mean this is a guy who's been extremely productive in these first two years for them or in 2020 and 2021 for them yeah of course you don't, you don't have to cut Albert Pujols to play Jared Walsh right but um no you're right Brandon more guys like these are going to be needed needs to come out of this Angels farm system if they're really going to be contenders. Of course, the pitching is a bigger issue. However, you can't also keep buying hitters. You can't keep going paying for an Shohei Otani and then going and paying for an Anthony Rendon. That's eventually going to catch up to most teams in the league, particularly one that's a mid-sized market like the Angels. And so you're going to need a guy like Jared Walsh to come up these high-end prospects to still kind of be able to supplement the middle of the order around Mike Trout and actually get them to being a really scary lineup. If they can get one or two more of these guys to perform on a sub-all-star level, they're going to be in really good shape. Uh, LJ, you can take yours, and then I'll finish off with my last two. Uh, yeah, my first one's going to be from the Orioles. Again, I have no clue where I got the Orioles from for our Hall of Fame over the Marlins, but I guess that is what it is. <laughs> um, Trey Mancini. I just want people to be reminded, because I feel like people haven't talked about this, that he had cancer less than a year ago. He was still had cancer less than a year ago, is my point, yeah. And this guy really has barely skipped a beat. I mean... Minor decreases in numbers, of course, third in rookie of the year in his first full season in 2017. Uh, he was he was able to keep around there his after a sophomore slump in 18. Uh, came around with a 136 OPS plus in 2019. I wasn't expecting him to have as much success as he has right out the gate for Baltimore after missing a year after missing a year and being so unhealthy, it isn't like one of those guys who had, who skipped last season because of COVID. And so they spend the entire time working in their personal gym and playing baseball on their own individually training that entire time. This guy was battling some very serious health issues and to have a batting average around 250 
on base over the 300 mark. He's really just playing solid, much, much better baseball than I was expecting at this point in the year. Yeah, uh, truly an amazing story. I mean, for him to come back so quick and be basically as good as as he was. I mean, if if not better this year. I mean, this could this could potentially go down as as better than his 2019 season, which was really good. I mean, a 900 OPS is awesome. Uh, but yeah, he is really fun hitter to watch. Uh, he kind of does it all. He's got power. He can hit for contact a little bit, uh, and he can uh, draw walks. So. Yeah, really fun hitter to watch in the AL East. Well, yeah, and I'm right in saying that he's on pace for his career home run mark right now, right? So he has seven. six through he's 34 seven. games, or seven now through 34 games. 35 games. 35 games, I'm sorry. A baseball reference mm-hmm. is a day behind. I forget uh, that. Seven, 35, two, ten. And- he had 35 home oh, no. runs in 150 game, 154 games in 2019. So I'm getting the math of 33 homers. So he's close to being he's on. Cl- yeah, exactly. That's my point. Is he's close, and he isn't nearly getting the bat on the ball to mm. the same extent he was in 2019. So I can I can only see his numbers getting. His his numbers are probably only going to get better especially when you look at his expected stats right now. I mean, expected batting averages in the 90th percentile. These numbers are going to go up. He's going to get better as he gets more and more comfortable back on the diamond. So I would not be shocked by any means to see him have a career year. All right. My next guy is Alex Wood. Uh, He went seven innings, allowing one earned and seven Ks today. That brings his season stats now 30 innings pitched, a 1.8 ERA and 29 strikeouts. And the stat cast numbers check out. He has been as good as the uh, his stats say. Uh, top 20% in expected WOBA, expected ERA, and barrel percentage along with chase rate. And then he's top 30% in some other stats as well. So uh, has been really good, uh, you know, the, the Giants are just kind of – I like the way that they've uh, built their team. They're just kind of finding these guys who go under the radar, guys like Tommy Vlastella, guys like Alex Wood, Kevin Gaussman, these players who they can, you know, change them around when they just have one bad season, and they're playing really well right now. Yeah, Brandon, I feel like over – if not this year, over the years of this – podcast we're going to end up developing a national league team yeah individually like just from the sheer amount of following we're going to have it and maybe it's just the orange it probably isn't just the orange but i have already found a fondness for the giants everything about this team their success the mix of young and old the mix of notable players and breakout stars it's just it's a very fun group to root for yeah uh especially Evan Longoria you know and I think that me and you are more uh, gravitated towards the Giants because this is a team who you know when me and you were starting to really get into Mm -hmm. baseball they win three world series in five years you know 2010 2012 and 2014 I mean that's like that 
corresponds to what third fourth grade starting there and kind of yeah. all the way through uh that would be fourth fifth seven yeah yeah so i mean you know just a team that i've seen have so much success and uh, you know some of these guys that were on those championship teams are still here buster exactly. Posey, brandon belt like you know, you absolutely yeah. love to see those guys. That's my point is so many of the players on this team Brandon are Crawford. guys that were at, at minimum relevant uh, when we were first starting to get in the game. I mean, I'm just going to fly through the roster real quick in terms of those guys. Buster Posey, Brandon Bell, Evan Longoria, Brandon Crawford, really the middle of their order were high-end were high end to medium tier players when we were first coming into the game. lot of fun to begin with but he's just been around for so long in the game for so long being a overall pretty positive influence on the game that you can't help but root for him all right uh my last guy is jesus aguilar uh lj's been talking about him in the last few weeks but i was on his stat cast page today and i noticed something really interesting um so his strikeout percentage, or first I should start with, you know, Jesus Aguilar is a guy who is a slugger. He hits home runs at a pretty good rate compared to uh, other players and doesn't hit for a lot of contact. He's an extra bases guy. He's a 30 home run guy. His strikeout percentage has gone down every year since 2018. It started at 25.3% in uh, 2018, 2019, it dips down to 22, 2020, it goes to 18.5 and 2021, he's all the way down to 16. I mean, LJ, is it just me or is this really impressive for a guy whose plate approach is just sort of, you know, swing away and try to hit as many home runs as possible. You don't really care that much about your average. This is a guy who, again, you. I feel like a lot of these power hitters, you don't appreciate anything more than the power sometimes, but you're just got to keep. The more you look at some of these guys, they're going to get underrated because of that exact, that kind of approach of their focus in their career being the home runs, being the power numbers, you're not going to see a lot of those things purely because the statistics will leave things will leave a lot of room for error in those things. Yeah, uh, you know, Aguilar this year, he's striking out at a, a lower rate than he ever has, and he's walking at a higher rate than he ever has. So really impressive. All right, um, let's get on to the leaderboards, and then uh, we got some other things to talk about. For war, for hitters, it is still Mike Trout in the lead with 2.5. Byron Buxton behind him at 2.4. Ron Lacuna rounds it out with 2.1. War for pitchers, Jacob deGrom, 2.3. Garrett Cole, 2.2. Corbin Burns, 1.7. Uh, I believe Jacob deGrom just got put on the 10-day injured list yes, as well. Yes, he did. That will be a shame uh, is maybe Garrett Cole will be able to pass him for good now. <laughs> I can only hope. Or, 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 or heaven forbid he doesn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that, that, that would be no bueno. 
but yeah, De- Degrom goes on ten day. They did not find anything jarring in the MRI, but it's really just a safety precaution. Yeah. There's no reason to screw around with it this early. Yeah, he's gonna miss one start. Big deal, you know. Yeah. Uh, home runs still the same uh, trio here. Ronald Acuna, Shohei Otani, JD Martinez all tied at ten. RBIs is J.D. Martinez at 31. Behind him, there's a three-way tie for second between Rafi Devers, Trey Mancini, and Jared Walsh, two of the three there we talked about on the PPP today. Doubles, Chris Bryant has 13. Behind him, it is Michael Brantley and Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates with 12. Uh, He's having a really good year. We should talk about the Pirates at some point, just, you know, how they've been really overperforming. Uh, yeah. I want to do a, a deep dive into a few of those players. Triples, David Peralta already has five. Uh, I went back and checked, like, through the through the year-by-year top tens for triples. Most guys who lead the league are only around, like, nine or ten. And he's already at five, just through a little over a month of play. And Peralta is not a guy who is known for his speed either. I mean, this is a guy who I believe is over 30 years old and, uh, you know, always been a good hitter, but I'm surprised that he is this high or has this many triples. Uh, 60% uh, sprint speed percentile, so not terrible. Uh, and then the last two here, I uh, did Ks per nine and walks per nine for pitchers. Ks per nine, Corbin Burns leads at 15.0. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, this was just starting pitchers. You had to pitch 20 innings this year to qualify. Uh, Corbin Burns, 15. Jacob DeGrom, 14.6. Jose Quintana, 14.6 for Ks per nine. Walks per nine, it is also Corbin Burns in first with zero, has not walked a batter. Why? Walker Bueller in second with 0.5. And then a two way tie for third between Zach Eflin and Garrett Cole with 0.6. How about this one? So Jose Quintana, third in Ks per nine, tied with Jacob DeGrom, but last in walks per nine with 8.1. He's thrown just over 20 innings this year. Uh, you know. it, it basically it basically evens out sort yeah. of so, <laughs> you know in some in some theory you can walk the bases loaded and then strike out the side and there's no runs it's the joe kelly theory <laughs> well lj we're now getting onto our hall of fame pick for the mlb daily hall of fame brandon do we want do we want to push that till after the news oh would you like to do that instead show off yeah because then we can take our time with that Perfect. All right. Well, um, let's talk about the news then. Uh, We're going to start off with Shane Green, uh, a guy who was one of the best relievers on the market and still had yet to be signed through this first month on the season. But the Braves are in agreement on a contract with him. Uh, He will return to the team, which he'd spent the past year plus uh, Atlanta, they got Shane Green um, in a trade in 2019, right at the trade deadline. And he's pitched very good since coming over to Atlanta. Uh, A little over 50 innings of work with a 3.27 ERA, a sub four fifth. And he's been one of the better relief pitchers in an Atlanta bullpen that has been, I guess the word is top heavy because they have good guys in there like Will Smith 
Shane Green, uh, you know, guys like that. But uh, they have struggled. Uh, another guy they had in there was was a Darren O'Day last year. But the other guys have uh, struggled a little bit. So uh, I really like this move for them to uh, pick up Shane Green here to resign him. Yeah, it's a really it, it's a good it's a good spot for a team that really needs some form of buoy to keep their momentum like I mean I guess afloat if we're going to go with the full boat analogy here but like this is a team that is expected to Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year I was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life changing amounts of cash be like Mary log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl that's ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com sign up to learn more push past 500 they're far better than a 500 team they are expected to push past that somewhere down the line and they're going to need all hands to be on deck this just keeps going i'm sorry (laughs) i did not intend for this to be the analogy we're going with but the point is uh green certainly helps keep the momentum going just adding another strong reliable piece into that bullpen is only going to help them win games that are close and help move things along. All right. The second piece of news that we want to talk about is Mariners top prospect, Jared Kelnick, which I have learned that I was pronouncing wrong the whole time. It is now, it is not Kelnick. It is Kelnick according to a tweet that I saw earlier. Wait, uh, it's not Kelnick. It is not Kalenic, no, um, which I was shocked by because I was like, I've been saying Jared Kalenic like the entire time. Uh, let me see if I can find that tweet, but it was Kelnick, which I was very confused by, but. Um, I'm going to bring it to the ultimate test. test. Oh, I know what you're doing. Wait, wait, can you do the full spelling for me? It is K E. L E N I C. Kalinick. Kalinick. Okay. Sounds like Kelly Olinick a little. <laughs> Kelly Olinick. Man. I've uh, but also, funny story with this guy. I texted LJ. I said, we're going to talk about a Jared Kalinick on the store on the show today. And instead, in my phone, auto corrected Kalinick to Kleenex, so he will now be referred to as Jared Kleenex, I guess. Yes, that is that that, that I think that has to be his show nickname. Yeah, because, I mean, Brandon, this is a serious. The reason I very strongly said we had to talk about that story today wasn't just because it was funny, because it's got actual re- real world relevance. <laughs> By every 
story, by everything that I've we've heard about this guy, he could be a future superstar in this league. Yeah. So the iPhone isn't going to change anytime soon. I don't think they're going to be updating it for this guy, especially in his first couple of years. So there will be a lot of people, if things go as expected, who will be referring to this guy as Jared Kleenex for at least a couple of years until he wins like an MVP and Apple starts realizing, hey, there's no no way that people are talking about Kleenexes this much. We should probably check our autocorrect. Uh, LJ, can we talk about, though, how this is like the most clear service time manipulation ever? Like, I'm pretty sure that the date is May 8th or May 10th every single year for which you have to, uh, until you can get a full year of service time. And by them waiting to call him up on Thursday, uh, you know, this is a top 10 prospect in the league, top five prospect in the league. And yeah, I mean, we saw the the Mariner CEO come out prior to the season and talk all about how he wasn't going to be on the team and starting uh, in April, he'd be called up in May and they did exactly that. So, yeah. Uh, oh, no, Brandon. Oh, I'm so surprised that they manipulated his service time. <laughs> how horrible. Oh, the humanity. What well, type of monstrosity him, is this? It sucks for him. He has to it wait another year. It sucks for him, but play. honestly, at this point, I don't care. Is it so bad not to care about the service time thing anymore? Like, well, no, because I feel like it happens so often that we don't care, and we just like, oh yeah, like that just happens all the time. But it's part of baseball. But it sucks. Yeah. It sucks for these guys. It sucks. I guess what sucks, in my opinion isn't that as much as it is the other end i don't see an issue they are completely within their rights to do this especially on top guys if they aren't really in a financial system position to be paying them in certain during certain parameters but these guys should get their full share at some point along the line I don't really care if they have to wait another year. I'm sorry. No offense to them. First off, in this league, I mean, maybe the Mariners will operate differently. However, you look at the Padres. The Padres, uh, there's more more than one other instance like this. I can't, I'm blanking on another where they've bought out service time early. Where they've manipulated the service time. It's probably what's going to happen to Vladdy is... He got he got his service time manipulated. At some point along the line, they're going to buy out his his arbitration years because this guy is going to be the face of their franchise for the next ten years. And so, really, at the end of it, it at the end of the day, it doesn't become nearly as big a deal as it was. Like that's the way I see. I think a lot of these are going to go if Jared Kleenex or if Jared Kleenex is as good as people say he is. That's probably the route that's going to happen. However, what should be, what we should be afraid of, and what really sucks in my opinion, is what's going on in Chicago right now. And again, I know I have been very outspoken about not liking the way the Chicago Cubs are doing business. However, they are being absolutely positively awful to Javi Baez and Chris Bryant right now. Chris Bryant in particular was 
Brandon, I believe he either he was the top prospect or he was a top five prospect. He was the top prospect. He was the top prospect in baseball. He is a former MVP. And frankly, the game just caught up to him a little bit. He had to learn and he has learned in a lot of ways. That's why he's back to being as good as he has been this year. But they're all of a sudden trying to trade him because they don't want to pay him. This is easily, I don't feel very uneasy about saying this now, seeing the way he started 2021, that he is still an all-star caliber player. He's still one of the best players in baseball. If you're not going to pay him on the other end, that's absolutely awful to waste his time. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though, is like you get a team like Seattle who we've seen has a terrible front office just based on what their CEO was saying to that on on that Zoom. I mean, like, what else do you think that they're doing if there was a 20 minute video of someone making a breakdown of all the stupid stuff that he said to those people? Like, what else do you think could could be going on in that front office anyways? I mean, it's just like I don't I really hope that Seattle ends up paying this guy because it's. And again, that's another reason I'm not worried is because I think they will. I think we look at, you look at this, Brandon, I challenge you maybe, okay, maybe I'll give you the Orioles and maybe the Pirates. No, the Pirates have been kind of a mess. The Rays, like, are the Rays going to pay Wander Franco? The Warriors will, the the Warriors, the Rays will not play, uh, pay Wander Franco. That's Um, a complete different story however i do genuinely believe they will see this seattle rebuild has one of been one of the most complete like all-encompassing ones and looks to me like it could be one of the most successful all-around rebuilds we've seen in a while this is a 500 above 500 team right now we're not expecting it to be that far that still has a couple years left that of quote-unquote rebuild time and they've already got a book of very highly touted prospects they have three top 50 prospects uh four top 70 prospects in their system right now they've got a lot of pieces right now to eventually move up into it but they just aren't ready yet the reason i think they will pay them just to get that answer um in some form of brevity is it's not like Seattle Mariners have been completely opposed to paying anyone over the years. No, they doled out a pretty soft hefty contract to Robinson Cano back a while while back. They are not opposed to paying people by any means. What they're opposed to doing is wasting money and wasting service years when their team isn't going to be ready to compete. They're opposed to making good moves. Let's just say it like that. They're opposed to making good moves. Well, I guess, Brendan, the question is, why would you you make a good move? Why would you make a good move? This this bad move could turn into a great move five years down the line or six years down the line. I'm I'm not saying that this is a bad move whatsoever. It's a smart move by them, but they've made dumb moves in the past. Paying, Paying Robinson Cano over $200 million after your team won 71 games the year prior to that is not a good move like so so what what this further proves to me is perhaps they have learned from this and that's why they're being 
a lot more frugal in the way that they're going about building this team from the ground up. They are, they're keeping, if, the, if they're able now to get seven years of MLB time on this guy, no matter what, even if he doesn't want to come back, even if, if this doesn't work, heaven forbid, let's say that this um, rebuild for Seattle does not work. They could easily go trade him on a short contract to somebody who will pay him. They can sign and trade him. They, th- this gives them more flexibility. If he doesn't want to come back after seven years, says, screw Seattle. It's raining all the time. It's freaking cold. And I'm my team's named after fishermen. Um, I don't want to be here. He can go. He can go is fully entitled to go somewhere else after those six years are done. So why not get the most amount of competitive time out of this guy? Why not bring his mandatory service time for your team closer to the time frame of the rest of the players you're counting on to be successful in this rebuild? I think that's a good move. I think we've seen them spend money. So if he lives up to the hype, he will get paid. I think they just want to get things in the right direction first. Yeah, uh, and they certainly are looking in the right direction with, uh, of course, uh, Jared Kelenic, number four prospect in baseball. They have Julio Rodriguez, another outfield prospect, who's number five in the league. Let's not forget they still have Mitch Hanniger out there, Kyle Lewis, who won the AL Rookie of the Year. He's their center fielder. So they have an influx of um outfield talent that at their that they're going to be able to use for the next upcoming years it's going to be interesting to see how they do look I'm a big like fan of the teams that haven't been doing good for a long time Seattle is exactly that team they're the they have the longest drought in the big four North American sports uh for the playoffs they haven't made it since they won 116 games in 2001 they haven't won over 90 games since 2003 this is a team that I really hope is good in the future, but it just seems like every time that they have something good going for them, something bad happens. And I really hope that that doesn't happen because these young prospects seem like they could absolutely light the world on fire for them. Yeah. So just do right for these guys. If you're going to manipulate them, don't, don't make them go to a free agency, especially honestly, that's, that's where I never got with that um, rant. I went on was you need to do right by them now in terms of actually extending them only because we've seen that the free agent market is so barren. We're seeing these guys go and get less money than they're deserved for seven years only to go out onto the market and have everyone be basically be undersold because everyone's too afraid to spend money now in baseball. So as long as they don't get the short end of the stick, the easiest way for them to do that is to either sign them themselves or trade them somewhere that will sign them. I I think those are very likely options, but who knows? There's a lot of things that could change this winter. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it turns out well, because the, the, the Mariners got this guy in that Edwin Diaz, Robinson, Cano blockbuster trade. So uh, yeah, best of luck to him and we'll for sure be following him, but LJ, shall we get on to our hall of fame pick? Yes. Once again, 
to remind you of the rules of the MLB Daily Hall of Fame. This will be the only Hall of Fame in baseball to only include active players and staff. Active players and staff will be the only people eligible to come into this Hall of Fame. Of course, they'll still always be in the Hall of Fame after they retire, but that's the only amount of time that they're able to be looked at. So today we will be looking at the Baltimore Orioles. Each team will get a nominee, and in in October, in the middle of the playoffs, we will narrow it down slowly until we get to one for the season that will be Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Our nominee. Brandon, you said you had one person in particular in mind for this. Who was it? So immediately my mind went to Trey Mancini. But then after doing some more thinking, I was like, oh, Cedric Mullins. He's been laying it up this year. Oh, John Means threw a no-hitter like less than a week ago and has looked fantastic this year. So I really don't know where I want to go here, but I think it's going to be between those three guys for me. Yeah, let me let me run through what I was thinking here. Um, laptop, I'm actually really comfortable here. Um, yeah, so Cedric Mullins has had a fantastic season. Um, statistically, 376 on base, 530 slugging so far. Trey Mancini, another guy, would not be opposed to seeing be put into this list um, as a nominee. Moving into the starters. John Means, of course, no-hitter. No-hitter means no-brainer. His numbers have also been very, very good through 46 innings. 1.37 ERA this year. Uh, Matt Harvey, also not not a great move, not, not a great statistical move, but the Dark Knight has been a certainly a part of the baseball lore that we've grown up with, and I wouldn't be opposed to him at least being in the conversation. Again, Cesar Valdez. A big come-up story that we have been talking about a bit today, highlighted today, but certainly was not expected before this year. He could be put into that conversation. Then, of course, I've got two guys for you here that are currently on the injured list that I think should be at least, if not as joke, at least, if at, at the very least in jest, should be included. And that is, first off, Chris Davis, possibly the worst current contract in baseball. And then the one, the only, the only reason I, I quite enjoy listening to the Spanish broadcast of the Yankees games or any time that the normal radio broadcast is not there because we get the uh, Spanish guy doing the English, Anthony mm-hmm. Santander. Yes, very. I was just about to say something about that. That he is very overdramatic, not overdramatic, but just very correct in his punk in his uh, pronunciation. Uh, it, I think it was Eduardo Perez on ML or on on the the Statcast version of 
Sunday night baseball. And every time that Oduble Herrera stepped up to the plate, he was like going full Spanish accent, like Oduble Herrera, like, you know, very like rolling the R's. And it sounds very nice, but just, you know, I mean, some of those guys' names, it's just like a completely different language when these guys say it. Uh, but really, oh, cool. it sounds so clean when, when he, yeah, he says so and I, I can't, I can't do it justice ever. No, but it's so clean when he says it. So, yeah, what are we thinking here? I mean, for like serious guys, like John Means, the hundred percent in my top two. Uh, if we're talking, if we're talking serious, serious guys, I think there's four here. Okay. Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini, John Means, and Cesar Valdez. Hmm. All right. Well, if we're if we want to add one joke in among this, it'd be Chris Davis. I was gonna say Anthony Santander. Ooh. But... Okay. I was gonna say Chris Davis just for like the you know Chris Davis sucks thing. Yeah. I yeah. I just cannot see my, myself. As a person voting on this later down the line, and this probably shouldn't be the way outlook I'm looking at how I'm choosing people, but I cannot see the logic of he's here because he sucks being a very good reason to put somebody in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Actually, let me see if he has a mustache right now. That may, may greatly change my... I know John Means has a mustache, which... I'm, I hope I did not just not. embarrass myself. John Means definitely has a yes. John Means has a very nice mustache. Is it nicer than mine? Mine's pretty crappy. I'm not gonna lie. So it's getting there. Ooh. Okay. All right. So let's talk through the two hitters that we said. So Cedric Mullins and Trey Mancini. I lean towards Trey Mancini because we've seen that he can do it in the past. He's like the clear star player of this team. Like he is been, you know, their guy for the, since 2018 has an awesome 2019. Of course, we talked about earlier has to miss 2020 due to cancer, but already back. I mean, Cedric Mullins is having a fantastic year and has obviously been the, the best hitter on this team, arguably, but, um, I don't know. I re- I'm I really really like Trey Mancini for the hitter, and then I don't know about a uh, Caesar Valdez. Once again, a really cool story and has been good this year, but doesn't really have a lot of prior success. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't hold up. Whereas I honestly side with you on both of these because Trey Mancini. First off, if you're looking purely at the numbers down the line. I think from an expected standpoint, from an advanced standpoint, he's hitting the ball harder more often. He's also striking out less this year. Mm-hmm. So sooner rather than later, the numbers will catch up to and or surpass Cedric Mullins. And then you add in the backstory, the return from cancer and all. I think that makes things very powerful. And then you're right. I think overall, John means long-term will mean more to this team just because again two years he's just just getting over two years in service time with the team he's pitching great which means he's probably going to be the building block of this rotation for at least another four or five years through the end of the rebuild maybe even to the into the beginning of the rebuild 
perhaps if he keeps this up and keeps developing, he may be their ace, their number one, number two throughout their next run. I mean, you, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it where he builds himself up to a point where he can't truly be usurped by a bigger, better prospect coming through. Yeah, uh, so we have a tough choice here because I just don't know where to go. I mean, uh, both of these guys are both very essential to this to this uh, roster, and I'm assuming are going to be essential to this this rebuild here in the future. So I don't know if you would. I mean, let's think. Do we have any pitchers that we picked so far? We do not have any pitchers we've picked so far. Because we have DJ for the Yankees, we have Xander Bogarts for the Red Sox, and we have Jesse Winker for the Reds. Oh, and we have Brock Holt for Brock the, Holt for the Rangers. Rangers. Wow, Which I don't again, know. Another great stash pick. Well, the stash pick here is John Means. Yes. And honestly, to back up John Means a little more. Oh, but Mancini's oh. got a mustache too. Man, he's got more of a beard. Yeah, no. Means has the just the straight up mustache. You know yeah. that. That's my bad. No, but um, yeah, what I was saying is the more likely one to have more of an impact long term for the Orioles, if we're assuming that these two guys are going to stay as good, if not better, than they are as they go. You got Trey Mancini here at age 29 with four years of service. You have John Means at age 28 with two years of service so overall john means is the younger newer model with the mustache and the no hitter so i feel like by most metrics they're about even at this point Uh, now this won't make my choice really but um how are we going about like elimination is it like we cut all out like half of them like to start so i think we're going to cut off half of them or like cut off five a day or whatever until we get down to a certain point and then go by one or whatever or two because just thinking like how far is this guy going to make it like could john means be a top 20 guy like maybe could he i I mean i I feel like that very like we've had rough teams here to start it off like we haven't had the best teams no, but at the same time, will the start the top starters really differentiate themselves on a lot of these teams? Will Will Max Scherzer be able to make it past Juan Soto? No. Will Garrett Cole already hasn't been able to make it past DJ LeMayhew? Will Will any of the insert will, 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 will insert Dodger pitcher here be able to make it past other Dodger pitcher? And will well, that other Dodger pitcher be able to make it past Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, uh, Cody Bollinger? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good position players that are going to be in competition for it. And then, let's say, of the small handful of the top-end pitchers that make it through, they're going to have to find a way that truly differentiates themselves from the rest of the pitchers on there. And if all of a sudden this whole new no-hitter hot streak we've been on for two months let's say that stops let's say we get no more no hitters this year then that's going to really bump up the value of john means going forward 
then of course you have to get past Mike Trout. Yeah. Which, but I do like that uh, thinking about the 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 no hitters. Even if we do see a no hitter hot streak continue, he's still one of the guys that got one of them. And I don't really think that for the White Sox we're gonna pick Carlos Rodon. Like I don't think for the Arizona Diamondbacks we're gonna pick Mad Bum. You know, the guys who have thrown no hitters, I don't really think that we're going to be picking them except for John Mead. So I think that that might hold some weight here. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm especially seeing how Mead. close he was to the perfect game. Yeah, like it was a drop third strike on a like a wild pitch. Like it was as close to a perfect game as you can get. So what do you think? I think that's, I think that's the play. All right. Well... John Means, your pick for the MLB Daily Hall of Fame for the Baltimore Orioles. To recap our picks, once again, DJ LeMahieu for the Yankees, Xander Bogarts for the Red Sox, Brock Holt for the Rangers, Jesse Winker for the Cincinnati Reds, the Big Red Contraption, and now John Means for the Baltimore Orioles. And LJ, I think that that is a good place to wrap up the show. Absolutely. Well, uh, once again, thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast. Uh, oh, LJ, would you like to plug the 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 giveaway again right here? At the um, yes, we unfortunately weren't able to get a question out today. However, we will get one out, to, a new one out tomorrow. I've been working to figure out exactly how I want to phrase this rather good question that I have going. But yeah, so basically every day we're going to try to get a statistically based trivia question out whether it's just some random person's baseball savant page whether it's the baseball savant page with a more specific question attached to it and we'll give you a couple hints the first person to reply to the tweet with the correct player's name will get a point whoever gets the most points at the end of the year will receive a free belly up sports t-shirt as well as a free free um what would you call it not not a set not a pair not a copy but basically the first t-shirt that we will have as a show will be free in addition to that belly up sports t-shirt yeah all you uh, have all you all you have to do is take a guess maybe even look maybe even if you have to look at the hints and take an educated guess you don't have to look that far into it some of them will be wicked easy too. So if you did want to, if you did want to go to baseball savant and do some digging to find which, which player it is, you probably could. But even just picking a random name out of a hat, the first name that comes to your head in the in the major league baseball, that would be bet that would be more beneficial towards you winning this than anything else. Well, you're only you're only one point out of it right now, actually. Yeah. So. I believe it was Score Zags, the Score Zags podcast that got the yes. point. Score Another Zags podcast is the only current competitor in this competition we have going. They're the only one with a point so far this season. Well, uh, yeah, make sure that you are participating. Uh, you can find all these trivia questions on our Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. Uh, 
LJ and I are also both very active on Twitter. I'm at Brandon underscore Karam. I'm always retweeting baseball stuff throughout the day. And LJ is at LJ underscore VP underscore LaFiora. I am, tw- I am tweeting less baseball stuff throughout the day. <laughs> we can get that up there, though. Just a couple retweets here and there. Just a couple retweets here and there. It depends how much, it depends how often I remember that my own page exists as opposed to the MLB Daily one. I spend way too much on the time on the MLB Daily one compared to my own. Well, you heard it there first. Make sure you follow us at MLB Daily, at Belly Up Sports, at Belly Up Podcasts. Uh, that's going to do it for this one. Have a good day, everyone. And uh, yeah, go enjoy some baseball. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 